1: back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. You know... Just go to Muzora.com, M-U-S-O-R-A.com, to start a new musical journey today. Bushkin. In August of 2011, Lexus held a special event at the Concours d'Elegance in Pebble Beach, California. The Concours d'Elegance is maybe the most important vintage car show in the world. Ground zero for the most serious car enthusiasts. To give you a sense, here are the most recent Best in Show nominees. A 1938 Talbot Lago Teardrop Cabriolet, a 1936 Mercedes 540K, and a 1962 Aston Martin DB4 GT Zagato Coupe in English Racing Green. I would seriously trade all of my earthly possessions for a 1962 Aston Martin DB4 GT Zagato Coupe in English racing green. Anyway.
0: And the winner is the 1934 Voisin owned by Peter Mullen.
1: It's the Concours d'Elegance of 2011, and Lexus wants to give the gearheads a sneak peek at their 2013 Lexus GS350, their all-new sports sedan, The CEO of Toyota, Akio Toyota, is on hand. Akio-san, by the way, is a serious race car driver. Competes all the time. Just last year, he snuck into the 24-hour enduro at the famed German Nürburgring as part of the Toyota team under an assumed name, Mr. Morizo. I mean, how great is that? It's kind of like if the CEO of Nike had a side gig as an Olympic marathoner.
2: Mm. The GS is as the symbol of the new generation of the Lexus. This vehicle has the spindle unique grille. And we uh, pay much attention for elevating the uh, vehicle performance, the driving signature.
1: That's Koji Sato, who everyone calls Sato-san, president of Lexus International.
2: So the, we, all the team members are so proud that because we could create a new generation Lexus appealing to the uh, market. So the uh, announcement or the introduction is successfully done, uh, well received. We could, we could get a big applause. Oh, it's beautiful. It's a nice car.
1: Then Akio Toyota meets with the trade journalists and what he's expecting is a coronation. The GS is a hit. Lexus is remaking its image. They've just had a wave of applause. So Akio-san asks the gathered auto writers, the car for their impressions of Lexus.
2: Please feel free to say to me. So he said, the one of the journalists told to Akio. Oh, Akio. So the, I know the Lexus a long time. So Lexus is a nice car, but. I'm sorry, it's boring, mm-hmm. he said.
1: Boring. A journalist tells the CEO of Toyota on the sacred ground of Pebble Beach that the Lexus brand is boring.
2: It's really shocked for us. So we believe that we could create a better nice car in the luxury car segment. So our business landing was landing so good at that moment. So, but one of the journalists tell us it's boring. It's really shocked to us.
1: Why they think the Lexus is as boring? From Pushkin Industries and Lexus, this is Go and See, our podcast about the many obsessions of Lexus. I'm Malcolm Gladwell. This episode, in fact, the next three episodes, are about what you do if you are Akio Toyota and someone calls your cars boring. Now, in defense of that unnamed journalist, he wasn't being snarky. He was just stating a fact. In the public mind, the signature Lexus will always be the first one that came to America in 1989, the LS400, which was a simple, unadorned, elegant, sedan, a jewel box. Lasts forever. One of my neighbors has an original LS400. He's been parking it on the streets of Manhattan for God knows how many years. Thing looks like it just rolled off the lot. It's an incredible car, but it is not exciting. It was not supposed to be exciting. It was supposed to be an object lesson in understated hardcore engineering brilliance. The phrase Sato-san used was left brain. Lexus was all left-brain. And after the journalist rebuke, Sato-san comes back and says, we need to be a little more right-brain.
0: And so when he came back, he said to all of these guys here, I don't ever want to hear that again.
1: That's Paul Williamson, who was our guide when we were in Japan. Everyone at Lexus knows the Pebble Beach story. This is said, never boring, never boring. <laughs> okay, So imagine that you're Lexus. You don't want to be boring anymore. Where do you start? The obvious answer is that you make a sports car. All of Lexus's competitors have a serious sports car in their lineup because sports cars are where you stretch your stuff. Calvin Klein has an underwear line, and he has a couture line. In the car world, boxy four-cylinder economy sedans are underwear. Insanely fast sports cars are couture. All the Germans have a couture line. Audi has the A8, BMW has the i8, Mercedes has the SL.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the all-new Lexus LC500.
0: The LC500 is more than a new luxury model. It's a new flagship sports coupe for a new Lexus. LC50 So
1: just over four years after Pebble Beach, at the Detroit Auto Show, Lexus introduces the LC. If you don't know what an LC looks like, stop everything. Google it now. If you don't want to, I'm just going to read to you what my friend Dan wrote me after I asked him about the LC. Understand that Dan is the most serious car guy I have ever met. He has a garage full of every single car you would ever want. 911s, McLarens, Ferraris, Chevy SS which is like the insider's insider car and a car that I want very badly. Anyway, Dan writes me, I think the LC is the best Japanese-designed car in decades. Stunning. Hate the sound system controls, but nearly perfect otherwise. Porsche would charge 25K more for that level interior. The only thing that Dan, Dan, can find wrong with the LC is the sound system controls. Now, what do people like Dan like about the LC? It's hard to pick one thing. The car is low-slung, has an impossibly long hood, accent notes behind the doors, teardrop rear lights, oh my. But a beautiful car is only half the battle against the fatal accusation of boring. For years, Lexus made a coupe called the SC, which was on the car and driver 10 best cars list for a long stretch in the 1990s. The SC was beautiful. But no one ever took the SC out on winding, rolling back roads early on a Sunday morning to test its limits. So what happens when Lexus intentionally sets out to do exciting the Lexus way? Which is to say, with the same kind of obsessive dedication that leads to car windows that close like Najiri Gucci doors? Over the next three episodes, I'm going to try and answer that question. But it starts with this.
2: When when I start I I was the chief engineer at the LC. So uh, when when I start the uh, development of L.C., I'm going around in the United
1: States, the many places. Sato-san again. He's talking about a long-standing practice at Lexus. Lexus began in the late 1980s as a brand sold only in the North American market. Toyota conceived of it as a Japanese luxury car for Americans. For years, Lexus would send teams of people to the U.S., particularly Southern California, to immerse themselves in american car culture
2: we said go and see the genchi genbutsu is a very important thing for us
1: what's the what's the word the, what's the japanese word
2: genchi genbutsu genchi means go you should go there yeah you should see something by yourself this is the very important thing for us to create something new I met many of the car guys in the United States. Sometimes going to uh, cars and coffee. So all the praise that people telling telling me how they love the car, how they feel some proud of their engine noise. That sometimes they appealing to me. Oh, hey, you. Please hear my engine sound.
1: Wham, wham, wham.
2: How you like it? Yeah. This kind of emotional things has very motivate me. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is the culture. This is the car, car culture for the car guys.
1: Now, for those of you unfamiliar with the world of automobile obsessives, cars and coffee is an essential ritual. Where on Sunday or Saturday morning, all across the world, all the Porsche 911 people or the Corvette people or the Mustang people gather in parking lots to talk about their cars and obsess about their cars and drive their cars and drink coffee. I once met a guy on an airplane who met up with all of his Ferrari friends every Sunday morning to roam the back roads of rural New Jersey. He invited me to join them. I lost his number. I will never live that down. Anyway, Sato-san, a senior guy at one of the world's biggest car manufacturers, starts showing up at random cars and coffee meetups, which is like if you went to your local pickup game and there was LeBron James. Crazy. And what does Sato-san learn? At Lexus, he'd spent years obsessing over engine refinement.
2: Because we always think our DNA is the kind of the quietness is one of the strong points of the Lexus brand. Because of that, all the chief engineer believes that quieter
1: is better, mm-hmm. <laughs> always. But no one was talking about quiet, refined engines at Cars and Coffee.
2: But uh, I'm really surprised. Many car guys love the noisy engine sound, but
1: they smile, make a big smile. So his first thought when he flew back to Japan to build a more exciting Lexus was, what should our beautiful sports car sound like? Okay, let's go very deep into the world of engines and sound. And trust me, it is a world. First question, if what you are thinking about is excitement, do you or don't you turbocharge your engine? Turbocharging is a way of boosting the power of an engine. It works by recirculating waste energy back into the combustion process. Super efficient. But it means, and forgive me because this is a gross simplification, that you've extracted energy from the exhaust pipes. Imagine the biggest pipes of a pipe organ. They're played by the organist's feet to sustain the low notes. If a child plays those keys with less force, they're not going to sound the same. That's what happens when you turbocharge. Just listen. Here's a Porsche 911 without a turbo, what's called naturally aspirated. Here's a Porsche 911 turbo. Hear the difference? Hear the whine of the turbo spooling up? Now, reasonable minds may differ on this, and there are lots of people who love that turbo sound. But purists? Not so much. My other favorite car obsessive, my cousin Jeremy, equates a turbocharger on an engine to eating sushi with a fork. It works, but something's not right. So you want naturally aspirated, not turbocharged. Next question what sounds best? A four-cylinder engine, six-cylinder, or eight-cylinder? Now, this question, of course, is rhetorical, because the answer has to be eight, because nothing sounds like an eight-cylinder. It's like Pavarotti. For years, one of the world's greatest tenors, Pavarotti was not some skinny dude like me. Short, skinny dudes do not sing with power and authority. Big guys do. This is what four-cylinders sounds like. This, on the other hand, is what a naturally aspirated V8 sounds like. No contest. So you want a naturally aspirated V8. But we're not done. A V8 is two sets of four cylinders arrayed in a V-shape firing up and down one at a time, in order to spin around a long shaft sitting at the base of the engine. That shaft is the crankshaft. And it's the spinning of the crankshaft that makes the wheels go round. V8s, though, can have very different kinds of crankshafts. One is called a flat plane. Flat plane crankshafts are light. They spin incredibly fast. The pistons fire evenly, left, right, left, right. What you get is a higher, seamless, silky whine, almost like a turbine. The V8s in Italian supercars are often flat planes. Race cars have flat planes. The new Ford Mustang GT350 has a flat plane. Just listen. The other kind is cross-plane. It's much heavier, spins more slowly the pistons that drive it are far enough apart that all the noise of all those little explosions inside the engine are distinct. You can hear one, and then another. Boom, boom, boom. The pistons fire unevenly. One, eight, four, three, six, five, seven, two. Left, right, right, left, right, left, left, right. Burbling, bubbling, like a pot beginning to boil. Listen, this is a Ford Mustang GT500, the cross plane sibling to the GT350. That rumble, there's no mistaking it. That's a crossplane V8. Now, what's better? It's a matter of taste, of course. But serious car guys, serious ones, go for the burble and the bubble of the crossplane. It's not some perfect, seamless jet engine, it's a human engine. Complex, unpredictable, emotional. So, where does Lexus start with its LC engine? Naturally aspirated cross-plane, V8. Okay, next step. The sound coming out of an engine is a function of a lot more than the number of cylinders and the type of crankshaft. That sound is buffeted and altered and distorted by a thousand other factors, as the sound waves twist their way through the pipes and tubes of the engine. If you look at the acoustic signature of an engine in its natural state, it would be jagged, Lots of discordant notes mixed in with that marvelous undertone of rumble. So the job of the carmaker is then to tune that sound, like a conductor brings together all the very different sounds of an orchestra. Now, there's an easy way to do this. You could simply create an engine note with a synthesizer and pump it into the cabin through a speaker. Lots of carmakers do this. My daily driver which I love by the way, except for the thing I'm about to tell you, has a turbo four-cylinder engine that tries to make up for its acoustic shortcomings by piping fake engine noise into the cabin through a little German gizmo called a sound Sound ductor Sounds like sound dictator. Drives me crazy. That's totally cheating. Who wants to spend thousands and thousands on a car only to have it lip sync its way from zero to sixty? You have to keep it real.
2: Yeah, there's, so, yeah,
1: there's basically a lot of uh,
2: variance in frequency, so there's a lot of noise in between those frequencies. Yeah. yeah.
1: And you, you do you want us? You want to smooth that out? Is that it? That's Sato-san again, the head of Lexus.
2: Yeah, basically. But the too much smooth is. Not hits your heart. Yeah, you need some noise. Yeah, some certain point. That that's the point. So if it's too smooth, no exciting.
1: You start with the underlying engine note. Then
2: we tune a little bit, so that, and then create a, some harmony. It's like a piano or a trumpet or something
1: like that. If you ride in an LC at high speeds, and trust me, we'll get to that you feel like you're in a concert hall. The sound starts at the front as the car first gets underway.
2: Then that you push the slow drum, then you get the G force. Then gradually the engine sound of the intake and the exhaust is the switched. It's kind of a move. Moves from the front to the back. Front and back.
1: And how do you get this instrument to sound just right? There's no formula. You just do endless trial and error. You make the intake hose a little longer or a little shorter. You vary the angle of the valves in the exhaust pipes and repeat.
2: I forgot how many times we che- we tried. Many times, many times we create the prototype parts and the hearing, hear the engine sound and then check and then analyze and the tune again. Many times we do, but... uh, How many? Can you... (sighs) Not the hundred more, 200, 300
1: more. Over what period of time?
2: Uh, Whole, the totally, that we spend five years. Five years? Five years. Yeah. To create one
1: car. Yeah. Five years on the engine sound. That's a lot. But it's not all. On the next episode of Go and See, a little dive into music theory and why we respond to sounds, even mechanical sounds, the way we do. Go and See is produced by Jacob Smith with Emily Rostek and Carly Migliori, Edited by Julia Barton Evan Viola composed our theme music and mixed and mastered our episodes. Special thanks to Jacob Weisberg, of Fane, Paul Williamson, the Mark Levinson engineers, and all the Lexus executives, engineers, and designers who participated in our recordings. Go and See is a production of Lexus and Pushkin Industries. I'm Malcolm Grappel. Enter now at TMobile.com/slash unconventional awards. See you there. Did you know some travel credit cards offer ten times
0: points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight. A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Nerdwallet, finance smarter.
1: Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. You know, I love music, but I haven't picked up an instrument in yours. to start a new musical journey today.